Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost and Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oratari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who is president of Chillicothe, Ohio, for six days in June. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and uh, I dream that in 150 years, they will make a Chillicothe-based law enforcement television show called Adam Glass, Chillicothe Ranger. <laughs> It would be, I mean, do you, I mean, will the actor who plays Adam Glass, Chillicothe Ranger, have the, the, the weird pleats in his pants so he could high kick? Oh, absolutely. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Lots of high kicking Excellent. going on. No, I do, I do want to think, uh, want to say, what do you think the chances are that Walker, Texas Ranger is named for William Walker? Because it never obviously there's occurred a, to me before there's this. There's a decent chance, I would <laughs> but, say. But there's... I think it's, it's definitely better than zero, right? Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's it, it's it is larger than zero. I mean, I it, it, like it is important to keep in mind that he is a largely forgotten historical feature outside uh, feature uh figure outside of right. Nicaragua, but I will say also that that Texas seems like the sort of place that would remember him. Yeah, yeah. I've never lived in Texas, you know I, mean? I don't know, but but it seems like Texas cuz you know, he's <sighs> Well, he's he a tried Tennessean. To, he tried to do the Alamo again, is yes, what he tried to do yeah. in Texas. I, <laughs> so. and I, I get the impression that perhaps, like, everybody who tries to Alamo gets credit for trying to Alamo in Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's like a, right. this is our, you walk behind, like, the courthouse, and this is our garden of Alamo triers. Before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Over there for a dollar a month, you can help support us and uh, keep us going, and you can get access you, to a bonus You can episode. really just try to force us to watch Kazam is what you can You can do. try to force us to watch Kazam. We put together a list every month, uh, usually themed, uh, four items themed, and number five is always Kazam. Because uh, it matches all themes. Yes, Kazam is the universal movie. Uh, that uh, that fits into any any set of movies could contain Kazam, uh, no matter what your defining characteristic is. Uh, I'm not going to offer examples of that because we all know that it's true and won't. Right. I mean, argue. you don't have to prove things that can be written, understood as fact. It's right, fine. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the supposition of the proof, not the the, the right. actual result. So exactly. But yeah, we watch we watch a lot of interesting movies over there. They're non Criterion films for the most part because a couple of them have become Criterion films, and well, because one they of them. won't put Kazam in the Criterion <laughs> collection for whoever knows what reason. Because they're cowards. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they live in they, they live in fear. Uh, but yeah, we've watched uh, we've watched Failsafe over there, Dog Day Afternoon. We've watched Ernest Goes to Camp and Critters Two. We've watched. Uh, uh, Americanization of Emily and Louis Malle's God's Country, uh, just a wide range. I Network it, fairly recently, oh, sorry. which was a good one. But yeah, I go was ahead. just going to say that I find it interesting that that whenever you have to do this pitch, it seems you can only remember the really 
the fairly bad ones that we've watched <laughs> are the ones that seem to have stuck with you. You're like, you know, we watched a wide variety of movies. You're Critters too. You're <laughs> kicking and screams. Well, you're you're, you're really your monster squats. You're launching, uh, latching onto the Critters 2 of the list I just gave, because I actually named Critters 2 and five phenomenal movies. I know, I know, so. I know. I just, you always, I think you feel like every pitch right. you launch with Critters 2, which is, you know, it's got its high points. It's not it's the worst right. on the list of movies we've watched. It's just, it's, it's always interesting you lead with that one. It's an early one I remember us doing, so, yeah. Um, we, uh, we get guests over there a little more often, um, which is fun, too, uh. Our friend Donovan Hill is on a very memorable Aliens episode. Um, Possibly one of the best episodes we ever did. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Um, but yeah, uh, another good one uh, with a guest, Jason Westhaver, uh, is on there uh, for uh, Godzilla, uh, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, which is mm. uh, that was a, a fun, very one. good episode. Uh, Stephen Goldmeyer sitting in with us for one of his favorite movies, Now You See Me. Was yep. was very fun as well, um, but yeah, we have a lot of fun over there. And sometimes we let supporters uh, suggest what the theme is going I, to be. I or mean, let's suggest... be honest here: we will always take a suggestion for yeah, a theme. always talking. Like we don't. It's not really. that we let you; it's just that we don't always get one from you. <laughs> right, right. That's fair. That's fair. Or, or even uh, suggest a movie we should watch for a bonus episode, and, and then cook up a theme for it. Cook up a theme to try and get people to pick that one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun, and that's a dollar gets you access to that entire back catalog of uh, bonus episodes and let you vote on what we're gonna watch the next month. Uh, for a little extra five dollars a month, we thank those people on air. There's currently no one at the five dollar a month mark, and I'm very grateful for that actually because the people who had been at five dollars popped up to ten dollars, and we've got some new ten dollar supporters recently. And the ten dollar mark is one of my favorite things we do. Uh, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently, and I get that printed up on a postcard and write a little personalized note. Uh, thank you, or if I know anything about you, a <laughs> a a note about what's going on in your life or my life. Uh, Sometimes an apology for what the postcard itself contains visually. On on occasion, yes, <laughs> that that has. I'm happened. sorry if this causes you some sort of trauma <laughs> or pain. It's fair. Possibly it's fair. some sort of visual harassment. Yeah. But we do like to thank the people at the $10 and above mark as well. So thank you to our newest $10 supporter, Charlie Mueller. Uh, thank you to Christopher Otto, wow. Jason Westhaver, Michael McGrath, Patrick Yako, Jonathan Hape, and Adam Speakerman for your continued supports at those levels as yes, well. Yes, thank you. Yeah. This week, we are talking about a movie that American critics seem to have universally hated. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. What well, I find this, I, I, I just go ahead. Sorry, we'll talk about this <laughs> in a minute. I, I can't get around this because the fact that it's in the Criterion Collection, generally hated by critics. I, I, I don't know. It's it the, the the triangle of like influence in this film, like is yeah. wild to me. I can't hardly deal with it. Uh. Alex Cox directed this. Uh, Rudy Wolitzer wrote it, uh, but the two of them also worked on the script in conjuncture with uh, Nicaraguan authorities. Um, though, to be fair, we say that the national government of the Sandinistas 
was mostly made up of writers and intellectuals. So like, right. it's not, it's not like, it's not like Mike Pence having having control over final copy of a film about the current <laughs> administration, right? It's, or even about the Civil War, right? Um, it's it's guys who who were writers uh, who were asked really uh, to make sure that we got this history right in a realm of right that does not mean necessarily true uh, to fact so much as true right. to spirit. Uh, anyway, um, Walker from 1987 subtitled a true story, uh, which is a stretch. Yeah, it uh, is a mostly true story. Actually, you know, even, even like uh, anachronisms aside, there's a lot of problems with the, with the history of this movie. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, stars Ed Harris, uh, Peter Boyle's in here. Yeah. Being, being as Frankenstein as he can be without <laughs> right, any makeup. Right. Well, actually, without that right kind of makeup. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, it is a satire. It is an historical biopic. You know who it, it reminds me of? It reminds me of, um, well, shit. I, I'm bad at this podcast we do. Yeah. Uh, the Screech Charm of the Bourgeoisie director. Oh Bye. yeah, uh, just now you've said it, Bunel Louis Bunel. Yeah, reminds me of one of his. Works oh yeah, a it's lot. very Bunelian. Uh, it's it's violence is very Sam Peckinpah, and Sam Peckinpah mm-hmm. even gets a shout out as they walk over Sam Peckinpah's grave at one point <laughs> in the movie. I did not notice that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right before they get to, they march on Granada. Oh wow! Uh, there's a scene between when it's announced that they won the war, and he decides to take Granada, where they're marching, and they walk, <laughs> they walk over a wooden stake in the ground that has a sign that says Sam Peckinpah on it, and it's it's like half the wow. screen because Peckinpah is a very long name, right, right, um, <laughs> and it's wow. written on one line. So. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah there's it wears his influences on its sleeve sometimes more overtly than others yeah um, there is no sound effect of peck and Pop rolling in his grave as they walk over it which is maybe <laughs> kind of surprising yeah. uh, but uh, uh but yeah it is an attack on the contemporary 1987 state of u.s nicaraguan relations uh, which, for those of you who don't know, well, you can stick around for the end credits, which make it pretty overt. Uh, right. But, but uh, the Reagan administration was financing counter-revolutionaries in Nicaragua. The Sandinistas had kicked out the dictator uh, and taken over, and the United States government wasn't going to let that stand. Uh, so they started discreetly... Uh, funneling money and weapons to the Contras. Uh, they made that money uh, through other discreet deals with Iran revolutionaries. Uh, and that's when you get to the term Iran-Contra hearings. Uh, pretty much everyone involved with that was later socially exonerated because that's how American politics work. Yep, that's, <laughs> yep. 
You but also because never get punished. They re- not really. Did they really do anything wrong, Pat? From an American viewpoint. Well, and and that's the main. And actually, weirdly enough, that is the sort of final <laughs> thought process right. of the movie. Right. Right. The right. the movie. I don't know when did the Iran Contra affair like wrap up. What year? I mean, we were still funding Contras in '87. Um, that's what I, that's what I'm trying to get across is like '87. This is still going on, for sure, right? Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because um, the oh, way man. this oh shit. <laughs> We were still, we were definitely still doing it in eighty seven. The hearing was from August eighty five to March eighty seven. Okay, like it had a, the Congress had already. Uh, no, the affair. No, I'm sorry. The hearing was not then. That's the hearing was after. Was post post August eighty seven. I'm sorry. Um, the hearing was July fourteenth, July eighth. Through fourteenth, eighty-seven, at least. Uh, maybe it was thir- uh, Maybe it was the whole month of of July into August. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the accusations was were that we were funding from eighty-five to to March eighty-seven. I, I misread what I was looking at. Right. But okay, because yeah. what I was trying to get get to was is the way that they talk about it in this movie has the finality of like something that's already over. Yeah. And, and what I mean is is that like Ed Harris delivers lines that and he's not wrong regardless of whether or not it's over or not, right? Okay. Yeah. That are like to the effect of where we, you think you're like I forget exactly what they are now, but it's essentially the effect of like you think you can get rid of us. We'll, we're going to we're America. We're going to keep coming back. Which is Ed obviously Harris, a reference to, right. like, Iran-Contra and things like that, but talks in a way that make it sound like even that affair has been concluded, and now we're, like, it's even the next one. So this movie came out in December of 87, so it was, it came out after right. the uh, the hearings were over. Uh, but Ed Harris's narration to that end is the subtext of everything Ollie North said during the investigation. Right, right, right yeah. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. The way, I, whatever reason, the way I heard those lines delivered had the had this somehow yeah. with me registered mentally as we right. did it here, we did it there, and we're going to do it again we're another gonna do time. It again. You know what I mean? There's a right. third time cut. You know what I mean? Like, this is... Like, as if it's talking about, it's directly not just referencing Iran-Contra, but it's actually, like, specifically saying, like, that's over, and guess what? It's going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Which is obviously not, regardless of whether or not it's over or not, is not an untrue statement to make about the United States. You know what I mean? Like, whether or not Iran-Contra was wrapped up or not, we're going to be back is a relatively reasonable statement to make about American uh, intervention basically anywhere. Well, you remember... We'll, we'll this, see you guys again later is basically you our motto. This, this past May, uh, it wasn't Nicaragua, uh, but but American... Uh, how do you say? Uh, American mercenaries 
acting on their own accord. The Silver Core USA Corporation, a private security firm that attempted a Venezuelan coup. Yep. Uh, this past May, uh, and tweeted about it as it was happening, and then failed spectacularly. Um, but yeah, they were. I mean, they were trying to walker it, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't manage. Um. Well, and, and unfortunately, yeah, exactly. usually <laughs> through through American history, they have. Well, managed. the the problem is, is that like independent security firm or whatever, like Walker talks about this. It's a part of it's part of the movie is that like didn't get support from the United States. Like, right? The system appear seems to be go go air quotes air quotes rogue. Yeah. To destabilize a country and then have the United States like roll in and sort of back you up. Right. right? Seems if to it, be the if it works. Right. You get to, uh, we get to claim that. <laughs> We get to benefit from it, I guess, even if we never actually right. claim it. And that's, you know, the same sort of thing that happened successfully in Hawaii. Uh, right. The Doles, the Doles came in, decided that American business interests uh, needed Hawaii to be an American province, and the U.S. government told them, no, we don't want right. to control Hawaii. And then he arrested the queen and declared himself <laughs> leader of uh, leader of Hawaii. Uh the U.S. the U.S. actually sent Marines to stop him, and then right. uh, World War One broke out, and they decided maybe maybe having a military base at Hawaii isn't a bad idea, and uh, the rest is colonialism. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, I was going to say like it was the rest is history, and the rest is colonialism. Are essentially the same phrase, right? Right. Um, right. But but yeah. So you know, Walker was not an aberration. By any means. No, no, right. not by any means. No, of course not. It, I just, it's just, it's really interesting. This this movie does force its audience to participate quite a bit right. in the in the sort of experience, which is kind of what one of the things that makes it more interesting uh, than a flat historical drama. Although a flat historical drama about it, uh, about Walker that is critical of Walker is a, would be a fun, interesting thing to watch as well. Yeah. Like I could be on board to just watch that. Also, uh, historical dramas that treat their subject as the asshole that he probably was are always are right. always welcome right. in my book. Right. Uh, it's yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, and it's it's also interesting that you know their portrayal of Walker here is very above board as far as he verbalizes a lot of the subtext of what... It's only still subtext, right? It was verbalized through the 19th century of the reasons right. we're doing this, right? This is right. For, for God and country uh, to protect American business interests under the, under the auspices of spreading democracy and Christianity. And that, you know, that date back to the Doctrine of Discovery. Manifest Destiny is just an Americanization of the Doctrine of Discovery. And the Doctrine of Discovery uh, was a series of uh, uh, announcements from the Pope uh, through the 15th and 16th centuries um, that essentially said that European Christian European countries had free reign to claim the lands of any 
unchristian people they came across. Um, and it's, you know, it gets a bit secularized and a bit not when we get into America's North America, South American. Well, campaigns, I mean, right? yeah, you just get into the 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 uh, the national religion of America, which is right, right, patriotism and <laughs> yeah. and and yeah, and through its, its history not, is anti-Catholic. Right. Um, yeah. It, so. It's not really not religious. It's just right. Modifying that religion to be this very wishy-washy yeah, version very, of patriotism much, and God. Right. It's a, a Protestant Christianity that has been been modified. Um. To. Yeah. To to ends we don't need to talk about, but. Um, right. But yeah, I. If anyone wants to know more, I'm glad to glad to talk about those things. But Pat probably not so much. So we'll leave it. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is um, yeah, it's Walker. Uh, there's a reason Walker was exonerated from his Mexico campaign, right? He was incredibly popular at the time and doing a thing that was incredibly popular, right? And whatever his initial intent in going to Nicaragua was, and the movie really wants us, uh. The movie's really interesting because the background material talks like everyone sort of believes that William Walker went there to stabilize a country. Uh, But even the movie's own text. (laughs) Well, the movie the movie delights in. I mean, the movie delights in saying one thing while showing right, right. a radically different thing. That is a <laughs> right. thing the movie likes to right. do. Right, It loves right. doing it, and it's one of the things that makes it fun to watch. It's like, yeah. he'll say, like, I, you know, I mean, the movie, just it just does it so many times. It's like, it's the thing of the movie, right? Right. The weird part is that the movie, the, uh, the makers of the movie and the behind-the-scenes stuff sort of posit Walker as this tragic figure who, who, didn't know how to deal with his trauma and ended up, you know, going to Nicaragua with good intentions and ended up as dictator. Somehow. I would say that 50% of the makers of the movie posit <laughs> right, that right. as a reality. And right. the other 50% of them, the, the part that the the percentage that has their name on the title screen <laughs> knows this is all bullshit and thinks it's yeah. like, well, amusing and so Cox way. even himself says during that behind the scenes thing that that after seeing Ed Harris's portrayal of William Walker, he has a uh, a begrudging respect of Walker. Um, uh, well, which is also not the same thing as necessarily buying into his bullshit. But also, like, let's be clear here. I I will not willingly take anything that that, that <laughs> he says at, face, right it says at face value. Now the end. I'm sorry, I just can't. Like he doesn't the even end of talk that section, when he talks as a man right. who is serious about what he's saying. Right. The end of that. It's the mustache. You can't take him seriously. But uh, the end of that sentence is: hopefully, this doesn't inspire you to come down to Nicaragua and kill people. Exactly. That would be bad. <laughs> that I mean, that is the phrasing of a person who is fucking with you. <laughs> right. Right. Like I, right. there's no, there's no way I, I no, because you can't make this movie, and then say like, I have a begrudging respect for this yeah. monster, right? Like right. I mean, that's fair. He, he, I don't. It's just yeah. 
It's just well, Alex it, Cox being another Cox being Alex Cox. It's just that's what it is. Another interesting aspect in that, and though, is some of the things that it does historically change. Um, you know, Walker's Mexico campaign was, uh, I think, in fifty one, fifty two, or maybe even fifty three, uh, eighteen fifty three, um, well, yeah. but early eighteen fifties. Um, and the Nicaraguan thing is the late eighteen fifties. And the movie sort of posits his fiance as his consciousness that right that yeah it's not until her death that he goes full manifest destiny, uh, and I don't know as far as her politics what what the historical portrayal is here, but she actually died in 1849. Okay, she she died before the Mexico campaign, right? Uh, which maybe even lends more credence to their interpretation. Like, like he went to Mexico before, before uh, or after she died as well. Um, I mean, it's it's. I mean, what you know, I I buy more into the fact that they needed a story arc. Yeah, and dude is crazy manifest destiny nut job A to Z <laughs> is not much right. of a story arc. Right. Another interesting aspect is that um, the movie has Peter Boyle as Cornelius Vanderbilt and it's phenomenal because it's Peter Boyle as Frankenstein as Cornelius <laughs> Vanderbilt. Play, playing a, a, a uh, rich capitalist. Yeah, yes, it's amazing. Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> not even Frankenstein's monster. Actually the the mad doctor it, it, in a yeah, lot of pretty instances much. too. It's uh, no it's amazing. But yeah. especially when he gets real I mean like at one point he just Throws flowers out of a vase and dumps the vase on his head. <laughs> right, right. I don't even know what's happening. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I didn't expect him to just start eating some of them. I was like, "What's yeah. happening here?" Yeah. Uh, but Vanderbilt, um, maybe <sighs> the two guys later in the film who maybe don't even get names, who are. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt confronts during that scene where he pours water right. over yes. over his head. Um, are the guys who actually financed the entire Nicaraguan campaign? The mm-hmm. suggestion. Um, one of the guys was a Morgan, um, and I can't remember if he was related to J.P. Morgan or not. Uh, but he wasn't J.P. Morgan. Um, but those two guys actually financed things. And the way uh, the history of Walker's campaign that I read on Wikipedia formats it. They call them subordinates. And I don't know if it was subordinate within the organization or if their organization was subordinate to Vanderbilt's organization in Nicaragua. Uh, um, just the phrasing left me think that maybe they were separate entities, but yeah, that Vanderbilt had more power there. Uh, in any case, they were trying to get Walker to undermine Vanderbilt's power to their benefit, which Walker historically gladly did. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't. It didn't play out. That aspect didn't quite play out how it's how it's in the movie either. Um, Walker's death also doesn't play out quite like it does in the movie. In the movie, he's executed on the beach that we have been on already um right whereas in reality after he actually left uh granada before the looting started um ended up back in the u.s and then in 1860 was hired by some british authorities to sort of 
retake Central America, and the Honduran government ended up capturing him and executing him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I but, I yeah. can I can forgive that, the movie for trying. That's to more be forgivable too brief. because it. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. He did end up dying executed in in uh, Central America by Central American authorities. It just wasn't Nicaraguan authorities, right? Uh, and it was five years after the course of this film, right? Uh, but yeah. Uh, other than that, it is a fascinating movie that does very interesting things in, you know, trying to be universal to the situation uh, that is happening with U.S. involvement in Nicaragua at the time it's being produced. And, you know, the best historical uh, movies say more about the modern day, you know, the time they're made than the time right. they're making something about, right? Uh, the worst ones do, too, really, <laughs> but... Well, the but interesting maybe thing about purposely. this one, is, this particular, the interesting thing about the time frame, the framing of the time of this movie being produced, is that honestly, you could make a straight historical documentary or a historical film, and it would still talk about the time it's being made because, right, like, right. of you know, history repeating itself, right? Right. Uh, then, but then again, there again, there is some. It is a fascinating thing to do what they did with this movie, where they take a lot of liberties but they definitely get the point across right right um and a little didactically at with the end credits but, right but well, you, know, you know i mean i'm fine with that you know, yeah again uh, it's like yeah you i kind of yeah i'm i don't i don't love it but at the same time i kind of think like right all right we just need to just be sure that you understand what we're going for here yeah i am I'm conflicted on whether or not I'm surprised at how American critics hated this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Because on the one hand, I would, of course, expect, uh, you know, writers for national publications uh, at the time to not not be too down with something that kind of has bipartisan support <laughs> because American right. colonialism always ends up having bipartisan yeah, support. It's a very popular thing uh, yeah. thing we do uh, for us. But at the other hand, there are some of these guys I'm kind of surprised that, that a movie with anti-American sentiment on its sleeve doesn't get a little more grace to it. Yeah, I, I was a little... I was kind of shocked, honestly. I mean, I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they're trying to go after it being a bad movie because yeah. a lot of them seem to just they do that thing where like they say it's just a bad movie. And I don't know if I buy that. It's a weird I don't buy movie. that either because Ebert hates this movie, but but in the same sentence praises Repo Men and Sid and Nancy. Which right. are spiritually very similar to this movie. Right, exactly. And like everyone yeah, exactly. loved Repo Men, which is a a. Uh, which is an indictment of American consumerism, period, right? And American American capitalism, period. Uh, and that's okay, but 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 uh, condemning the Nicaraguan campaigns apparently less okay. Yeah, so. no, I think it really does come down to like artists criticizing consumerism is an accepted artistic trope, right? It's a thing artists are allowed to do. Right. 
basically it, saying that the morality of America, enough, right? What? It's still Say broad enough, right? Whereas right. picking a specific specific historical instance of America's fundamental morality being corrupt to its core, right, is less appreciated, uh, even among art critics, right. And it who it, it, it feels like, boy, you're talking about my politics right now. Right. And that's really, really what it does feel like to me, even to me as well, with with a lot of these critics, because, again, you know, I see other movies that these critics praise that I don't feel are fundamentally different to this. Um, yeah. And just thinking of the other like high profile zero star reviews that Ebert has done over the years. And there are movies that are significantly worse than this. <laughs> right, yeah. In, I mean, in objective ways. Not, right. He didn't have to not he didn't have to love it, but like this is not a zero you know, this is not a zero movie. It just isn't. Yeah. It it, it, it has too much artistic content in and of itself, even beyond politics to be a zero. Right. Um I, I think, yeah, I think it's because people feel like it's a direct attack on their own personal politics, it, which is different, right, than attacking consumerism or something like that, which is a very broad subject that you can, that like, keep in mind, both sides of the political spectrum in America are equally likely to <laughs> to to um, bemoan the, the scourge of American consumerism. Right. While while gleefully participating in, right. in its its propagation. Absolutely. Uh, that is a accepted thing to do in America, whereas saying that American intervention in X country is wrong right. is it's always is, an unacceptable thing. Right. right. It takes a it takes a long time and a lot of deaths before that's a thing that you're even allowed to really say. Right. I mean, I guess all we really have to do is point to the the Dixie Chicks. I guess when we can just be done with this conversation. <laughs> right. Right. That's like, fair. I mean, it's like essentially that's the conversation, right? It, Pat, I will you know, remind you that they're just the chicks now. Uh, I don't know. I if don't you, know. You got that I don't. Answer, I don't know. I I I know just enough to know that the thing that they they were terribly lambasted for yes. is an accepted truth in modern America. Right. Right. Well, at least among a very large swath of modern America. Right. And only only 15 years later, right? <laughs> Barely 15 right. years later. Yeah. I mean, you know, 15 years into the Forever War. Yeah. We can finally admit that the Forever War was maybe a bad idea. Right, right. But plenty of people won't admit that. And That's plenty true. of people on both sides of the aisle won't admit Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Right? Because, as you mentioned, American imperialism yeah. slash colonialism yeah. is a bipartisan right. uh, topic. Right, or we'll pretend to admit that, and then act in ways that, and then also increase increase the Department of Defense budget. Right at the same time, yeah. Right, or campaign on closing Guantanamo Bay, and then and then never do it. In never eight years. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Boy, it sure feels like that could have been easy. Could have been an easy one to accomplish, huh? I read an article recently that the people. Uh, the soldiers in charge of Guantanamo Bay, not in charge, but the soldiers manning Guantanamo Bay at this point have to be taught about 9-11 in order to yeah. understand why these why guys are here. Even, yeah. Well, I mean, and think about that, right? Like, think about, like, what—yeah, absolutely, because, you know, we're reaching the point where right. 
none your average soldier was not alive or was alive but was a very right. small child not cognizant yeah um, and and then combine that with the fact that like then you have to walk through why these people who probably were never tried for any crimes right, are locked right. in a cage because, because teaching thing. them about 9-11 in this context isn't just telling them what happened on 9-11, but is justifying no. the continued imprisonment. Right, yeah, um, why are we? Why have we had this person in prison for 15 years without a trial, right? right like, it's, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> We're doing great things. Good all that to say, when... <laughs> When Walker's character here says, there will never be a day when America will leave Nicaragua alone. It is our destiny to control, control your people. By the bones of our dead in Granada, I swear we will never abandon the Nicaraguan project. From the future and the present, you can expect judgment. He is not just talking about Nicaragua. He's right, talking of about no, a hell of a lot not. of other places. I mean, he's, yes. And, 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 you and know, he he's talking that, about places that, he's talking about places that, Alex Cox and, and, and Harris yeah. at that time didn't right. even know were possible yet. Right, right. And he says that standing in a cathedral from the pulpit and then all of his men sing onward Christian soldiers and march out the door and burn the city down. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, burn down the city, which is an at, which is which did happen. Yes, which did happen. Out of spite. Out of spite. And they left a lance in the ground with a flag attached to it that said, Granada used to be here. Yeah. Uh, Real winners. Real <laughs> top-notch people. Um, uh, but, yeah. yeah I mean, know. wow, just, like, burning it. Like, uh, yeah, that's a story, man. Like, Yeah. And the, the helicopter showing up like it's Iran, you know, mm-hmm. at the embassy, saying anyone with an American passport get on the helicopter. Um, Iran, like it's Vietnam, like it's right, right, it, you know, right, yeah. Uh, countless other interactions, <laughs> with, uh, uh, like Plenty America only ever temporarily leaves, and it never brings anybody who helped them right. in their in their crimes with them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, just leave them off. Um, you're lucky you didn't get arrested because we've we've certainly we've certainly imprisoned people who were just acting as translators for our guys. Yeah. Uh yeah. Counter lucky stars that you only have to deal with your people and not ours. I guess. Um uh, is sort of the American motto. Yeah. But. Uh another somewhat historical inaccuracy, uh when he declares himself president within the film it's very explicit that he declares himself president and there was never any election to begin with. An election did happen, which was not a fair election that he faked. <laughs> so Right. I mean yeah, there's definitely an effort in the, I think the effort in the movie to humanize his behavior is yeah. so that his fall into total abject authoritarianism is more interesting. Yeah. Than having him just be I don't I don't think it's actually an I don't believe. And I could be very wrong about this. That it is an attempt to overall humanize William Walker. Right. I think it is an attempt to make him eventually proposing slavery and burning down the city and a more interesting event rather than having him be just the sort of person who would do that from the get-go. Right. And the, the problem maybe I have with that is that it implies there was a change in him. Right. Which that is probably made him not do accurate. these things. And that is not accurate because— I agree. 
you can still be a very human, round individual and support slavery. Uh, pick a yeah, white I, man famous in America, and you'll you'll have someone who does. Well, who that I, is true I meant for. I meant specifically humanize him in the sense that make right. him a no, sympathetic no. character. To right, our, and to I understand. I understand what you're saying, but it is in the course of that being true about the movie, and I think it is true about the movie. What you said, uh, it is. It is then an unsympathetic moment that he supports slavery, but he always right. supported slavery, and this guy always would have supported slavery, and a lot Absolutely. of people that you sympathize with historically supported slavery. So, Absolutely. No, so totally. If, so if I he mean, supports yes. slavery is the time we turn against him, well, there's a lot of people we should be turning against, and you'll complain that we're turning against them. Right. Uh, well, and I, I, but I, you know, that's that you, you bring up an interesting point. Because you get into this weird situation where it's like, if you wanted to make a movie about, uh, I don't know, let's throw out a famous person who supported slavery. We have so many to choose from. <laughs> let's say let's let's go with George Washington. Sure. Um, if you wanted to make a movie about George Washington, and and show that his support of slavery is bad, we already know as a f- point of fact that he supported slavery. Right. So. Making a movie where he supports slavery from the beginning to end would be rather unimpactful. I suppose. I, I I totally get what you're saying, and I agree. It is a it is is a crime to is to a certain extent a crime to even let him be like a non slavery supporting good person at the beginning of the movie, right? Because it is doing a dis a disservice to the the truth of the world, basically. Right. And I do. Uh, I do actually like that the movie uh, posits it as a pragmatic support of slavery, that he's only supporting slavery because he needs the support of some of the some of the U.S. So the southern states will support him if he supports if he you know, reinstates slavery. Um, and, you know, that pragmatic <laughs> right that that, uh, well, we can't just end capitalism. <laughs> as we know it, uh, right. so slavery's got to just continue, is the justification, you know, above-board justification for slavery for 200 years as well. So Right, absolutely. You know. Yeah, no, totally. I and, mean, it and is, is an important is, thing to is have It's the lost the cause, too, right? Any argument that says, well, it wasn't about slavery, it was about a fight between two different economic systems. Well, the economic system was based on One, one of them slavery. was slavery, and the other uh, one was... Yeah. Also, basically supported by slavery too, right? Which is, or if the you know. or if the argument is it wasn't about slavery, it was about uh, protecting a way of life or protecting states' rights. That way of life was a uh, hierarchical oppressive system, and that right. states' right was a states' rights to enforce slavery. So you know, it all comes back right. to it anyway. And and you <sighs> and this can this continues far beyond when we get into you know even like what's considered right. by American standards modern american standard slavery right like the 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 sort of economic show must go on way of thinking is what we use to justify countless crimes against humanity constantly all the time is why we were in nicaragua in the 80s absolutely yeah exactly it's why we were in nicaragua in the 80s it's why a lot of american domestic politics work the way they do now and as well as international politics it's well these people still have. I mean, the the economic show just has to go on. It right, can't. Right. That train's not allowed to stop. Yeah, 
it is it is perhaps unfortunate that the most open admission of America's 19th century foreign policy uh, being pro-slavery, period, uh, you know, most of the uh, most of the support for expansion into Central and South America by American forces was uh, from slavery supporters who knew that they could they needed more land a a wider area where slavery was legal in order right. to justify slavery continuing to be legal uh and the movie you know actually you know says that sort of thing yeah it directly uh, talks about that yeah um which is interesting too uh i do there's not a lot of women in this movie right no there are not uh and it is interesting because it's definitely a conscious choice that none of the women in this movie speak English. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and that's not fair completely because, uh, um, Goodness, I just lost her name. Um, Donna, uh, Donna Irana, um, the uh, the mistress of the uh, Nicaraguan president who who ends up having an affair with Walker. Um, she does actually speak English. She proves. Yeah, the, the actress end. herself um, speaks English. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the character speaks English at the at the end of the movie too. And Walker's like, oh, I guess oh that's you true. speak yeah. English. <laughs> uh, right. I forgot about that. But but for the most part, you know, she's speaking Spanish and disregarding what he's saying in English. Um, the uh, uh, his fiance, uh, uh, Miss Martin, um, you know, speaks in sign language, and Ed Harris actually sp- uh, learned sign language in order to uh, communicate it. Uh, Marley right. Mat- Matlin did not learn sign language for this movie because she's actually deaf. <laughs> she's a deaf right, actress. Well, and, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is, she, uh, which is oddly enough, it doesn't sound like it, but is, I kind of think an important decision. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of like, it's, well, it's not one of those things that people think about very often, but actually choosing a deaf actress to play a deaf person is. Not a thing that actually happens a lot in movies. Yeah. Believe it or not. It is right. kind of rare. Yeah. When it comes down to it. So it's kind of an important thing in and of itself. Right, right. And I don't want to under undermine that. Uh but, you know, the Betchel test is not necessarily a uh, qualifier for no. a good movie, but no. But it <laughs> is a, it is an important one. Yeah. The third female character in this movie in as much as there is one uh, is the actress uh, who is part of the part of the troupe, um, and actually the Criterion uh, the the booklet with the Criterion movie has a uh, personal recollection of that actress um, of what happened uh, on one day of shooting when they they decided to do a long march for some mm-hmm. reason. I think it was it was. By means of of filming, you know, one or two of the marching scenes, uh, but they ended up walking like nine miles through Nicaragua, uh, completely lost for most of the time. Oh my god! Uh, 
and everyone ran out of water. She says Ed Harris gave her the last of his water, uh, and she was clearly having a heat stroke by the time they made it back to, uh, and then the last two miles were straight uphill. Uh, yeah. Um, that was, uh, I don't even think she's on the, on the, uh, list on Wikipedia, but Linda, um, Linda Sandoval is her, is who that was. Um, and she was, uh, she was married to, uh, uh, oh, the actor, the Sandoval. Yeah, uh, what's yeah, his name? yeah, yeah. I, fi- I, yeah, I figured that's where that was headed. They do have the same name, so <laughs> yeah, that yeah, exactly. That's why I figured that's where it was yeah. headed. Yeah, uh, who was uh, who? And they were friends of Cox, uh, Miguel Sandoval, um, who plays Parker French in the movie, and was also in uh, uh, Repo Men. She tells a she tells a fun story anecdote in in the course of the story that. Uh, when Miguel got the job on Repo Men, Alex Cox called them and said, I have good news and bad news. The uh, The bad news is I've cast you in Repo Men. The good news is you get to shave your head. Because uh, <laughs> Alex Cox is that guy. Yeah. Clearly, as the behind-the-scenes documentary yeah, yeah, lets us know pretty overtly. Uh that behind the scenes thing is interesting too, because the making of this movie is interesting. You know, they Cox purposefully sort of maneuvered to get it made in Nicaragua. At one point, uh, Universal was only going to finance it because it was being shot in Mexico or predominantly in right. Mexico, and then the Mexican uh, locations all fell through, and they ended up shooting it directly in Nicaragua. And also I think they mentioned that uh some of their funding fell through too. Yeah. So like yeah. Nicaragua became more financially feasible. Right. A budget of uh, 6 million and they claimed they could make it for 5 million with the support of the Nicaraguan government. Um and they got there, you know, and they hired locals, you know, they hired local uh locals as extras, they hired locals to build the sets, they hired, you know, they had they put money into the economy. Unfortunately, they paid all Nicaraguan uh, participants less than they paid the white people. <laughs> right, right. As far as I can tell, uh, there is on the the uh, documentary. Yeah. There is a story in the documentary about the uh, the white extras um, who were a group of people or part of a group of people derogatorily called the Sandalnistas because they were white leftists um, and hippies who went down to Nicaragua to help out uh, and then maybe didn't do a lot down there. Now, I do actually know uh, in a, a white American who went down to Nicaragua um, and helped the Sandinistas with a coffee harvest in the mid-'80s, mm. um, a personal friend of mine, uh, so there were white people who went down who actually did work. Yeah, I assume. I, you know, you're, I think but, in any situation like yeah. that, you're going to get a mix, right? right? You're right, going to get some right. people who go and help and some other people yeah. who are basically fucking useless. Right. And, you know, I'm not... I would not accuse, say, uh, Benjamin Linder 
of being some sort of grifter who was down there not to do anything. You know, he was right. he was killed by Contras while actively building a dam, right? Right. Uh, for the Sandinistas, um, but uh, but yeah, these guys. You know, keep it, get, keep in mind. Oh, sorry to derail this yeah. to, completely, but keep in mind that is among the tactics used by American colonialism to lessen the importance of these things by like making anybody who goes to like we see this with other countries oh, yeah, that America absolutely. has invaded absolutely. and things like that, where it's like oh the people who go there and volunteer are just basically vacationers, right? Who right, right, right. are are giving this as an excuse as a way to minimize the importance of American intervention in a country to Absolutely. make it seem like, oh, Absolutely. these people just go down to help because they just want a vacation, basically. Right, right. The Sandalnista wanna... derogatory term is definitely an American uh, liberal and right-leaning yeah. aim at delegitimizing actual leftist involvement uh, and an international exactly. leftist <laughs> right. I mean, are uh, there probably some people there who were not very useful? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But there were probably a lot of people who were very useful right. and tried to be very useful. In uh, so. in any means, by any ends, rather, this guy, these, this group of guys who we talked to in the film or in right. the behind-the-scenes film, uh, were only making $6.50 a day, which was the same amount the production was paying the Nicaraguan line producer. Right. Uh, so, like, people who should have been way above these guys' pay grade were making the right, same amount of money paid, as yeah. them, which means the guys on their pay grade were making a hell of a lot less, right? Right. And that is, and, and then and then there's a story about them basically going on, like, threatening strike, strike yeah. because the their money got devalued right. because of inflation, and they're like, well, we need more money. And then uh, who was the person? I forget his name. Uh, shoot. I can't uh, remember. It, one of the producers. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he uh <laughs> I can't remember his name either. So Yeah. Well, one of the producers is is interviewed in the in the documentary saying like like it's basically the effect of like it's not fair that they should get paid more because we're only paying the like the the right. Nicaraguans this much money, but the implication is is like not that the Nicaraguans should be paid more, but that Right. The other extras right. were being greedy by asking for more, and it's like, right. no, you should have those been paying guys, everybody a lot yeah, more. Those guys deserve more money, and the Nicaraguans deserve more money. So. Yeah, it's like everybody deserved more money, right? Like, and then you get into that classic thing where, like, you know, it's another sort of result of imperialism and colonialism right. is this thing where it's like, well, it's very cheap to make a thing there, and it's like, well, it doesn't right. have to be cheap to make a thing right. there. You made it cheap to make a thing, and there, it's but this not un- paying anybody. This anything. unconscious justification of it too, right? Right. Um. And, you know, on top of that, it seems pretty clear from the behind-the-scenes stuff, especially, that the Nicaraguan government was uh, redistributing resources in favor of the movie production, right? Right, Uh, I think it's in that that at one point someone says, I think we had all the meat there was to have in Nicaragua, and it's part of the production, right? Yeah. Um. And they, for shooting, uh, tore down electrical lines that would have, right? You know, in a movie, in a movie that didn't care about anachronism, they still tore down the electrical lines. The electrical right? lines, yeah. Uh, and, and dirty and dumped dirt all over the streets and stuff. Right, right, right. 
I, one hopes that they put those electrical lines back. Uh, one hopes. Yeah, paid for them to be reinstated and uh, and to uh, clean up the dirt. Right. Uh, one would hope. Though there is that great anecdote about the the woman uh, during production when they were laying down the dirt about about you know 150 years ago, Walker came here and killed everybody, and now the Americans are showing back up to just dirty up the place again. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh the movie seems a little anarchic uh to an extent. Yeah. Uh one of the uh one of the actors talks about how he has to build his own props. Uh right. a lot of the actors talk about how uh they just suggest a thing to Alex Cox as a means of getting themselves on camera. Right. <laughs> like, well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the one about the hole. Yes. Where the guys the like where they're buried one. in the hole as punishment. Like, I I think Alex brings up like Alex Cox brings up the idea of like having something visually there. Yeah, and then one of them throws out, "What if we're being what if we're being punished by being buried in a hole?" It's like, well, and then, now I'm digging my own hole. Right, <laughs> like you've right. got it with the shovel. It's like, oh boy, it's one of those one of those productions, huh? Right, right. And then the behind the scenes thing, uh, one thing that really struck me in it is Cy Richardson at one point. Uh, sort of plays a Walker apologist to a moment, um, mm-hmm. but he's talking to you know white liberals who have wandered on to set, uh, maybe even uh, maybe their their media from from another organization that's just unnamed. Yeah, we don't really um, know why they're there. Yeah, don't know who they are or why they're there. Uh, but uh, but he basically tells them that that you know walker walker was a guy who believed in ideals of democracy and sort of defends him to that end but yeah. then we cut to him saying my biggest pet peeve is white liberals coming here coming into a country and just uh uh taking over and and just let them run their own country so like 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 he says that to shut down conversation but to the ends of saying just get out of here and let the nicaraguans do their own thing right uh is uh is an interesting end too. I don't know a lot about Cy Richardson's politics, but uh he's also playing a character who is historically white, right? You know, the the whole right. there was no there was no internal conflict when <laughs> Walker reinstated slavery, right? There was Right. He, he didn't have free black men fighting with him, more than likely. Uh or at least none that that seem ready, and none of these black actors are playing people who are historically black, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, there's a little more nuance with it with with Cy there that that is a fascinating piece of nuance, I think. Um, right. And, because and, I don't well, think and, and, I don't think Cy Richardson would ever actually argue that Walker was right in anything that he did. Right. But to shut up some white liberals who should just be go home. <laughs> Maybe he'll yeah. make that argument. Right, exactly. And and then because the documentary doesn't give us context of who they are, it, right. it does make it even, you know, who knows, right? Like, I mean, we don't get any lead in or lead out to know, like, were they just there just generally causing trouble? And it was just like, get these people the fuck out of here. You know, right. it's the million things, right? We don't know right. in that scenario. Um, and we have certainly... Yeah, we have certainly made the argument before that a, a really great way of de-escalating situations like this, like the Battle of Algiers or Hearts and Minds, is just leave. 
Yeah. The, uh, the American yeah. the American forces, why ever they're there, just get out. You know, you'll well, de-escalate and that, and that and there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the argument of just leave. There, there's really nothing wrong with that argument. Um, it it is more like, but also yeah, it's impossible for somebody to believe that. It's borderline impossible for somebody to believe that Walker was legitimately bringing "quote unquote" right. democracy to Nicaragua right. by right. by was. making him a himself a <laughs> by getting yeah. himself elected president. Does and I do. Have, and I do not for a second believe that it was ever that that's, yeah. Walker's uh, conscious justification for what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Even – see, that's, that's hard, I have no though. doubt that he probably said those words. Right, right. That's hard, though, because the mindset of American officials at the time – and, like, he was – his uncle was a senator. Uh, right. But the mindset of, of Americans at the time – was that they were spreading democracy or Christianizing, uh, and really both of those things mean the same thing as far as <laughs> as far right, as absolutely. results go. Uh, right. And it was that these people are less than human until we can get enough white folks into the area to run things properly. Right, and and democracy in that environment still means make it make there enough white people here that this is just a. a Right, a white right. led democracy where probably the right, natives are right. not actually involved in democracy it, yeah. there means make it safe for Dole or Vanderbilt right. or JP Morgan his... to do business. So right. yeah. He declared English like it is real that he declared English an official language. Right. Which inherently in and of itself impl- implies that you won't be you will not be human or allowed to participate in this until you Make right. yourself civilized by learning English. Right, right. That's uh, just always part of it. And that was part of American Puerto Rico, too. In fact, a yep. uh, a guy I am probably related to. thing about America and Puerto yeah. Rico. A guy I am probably related to, Martin Brumbaugh, was the first superintendent of Puerto Rican schools after America took over Puerto Rico. It's put in charge in 1900. Uh, his uh, his duty in American schools was to Americanize Puerto Ricans by yep. by punishing anyone who spoke Spanish in school yeah. and creating a specific Americanization uh, curriculum. Um, yeah, yeah. So, huh. I mean, we 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 do it basically everywhere we go. I mean, right. it's right part and parcel of the entire thing, right? Like they're not they're not people until they speak our language and right. act like us. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. And again, it's something we continue to do to this yeah. day. No, it's, it's it is an ongoing process. We were it doing is literally it, happening all the time. We weren't just doing it within our li- uh, lifetime. We are continuing to do it. We are doing it as we speak. Yeah. It is happening right yeah. now. Um, yeah, it, it. You know, this this movie serves as a really interesting and and I think. Part of probably one of the problems of this movie would be the fact that it's very easy for anybody who watches it to, even though the movie is pretty explicit about it being just an American, a part of America and the things that America does, it is very easy probably to isolate it mentally to be like, well, this is about Nicaragua. Yeah. And it's not. The movie's not really about, I mean, it is very much for the Nicaraguans about Nicaragua. Like, you know what I mean? Like for, for the it being the second most popular movie in Nicaragua in history yeah. is for a reason. 
Right. It is about Nicaragua, and for Nicaraguan people, it is probably very significantly about them. Uh, but for any American, it is not about Nicaragua. It is about America and what America does right. everywhere it goes. And, you know, even there's even slightly a problem there, too, right? Because we're centering Americans in order to condemn Americans in Nicaragua's story, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, I mean, yes, I see what you're saying, and I agree. Um, this, the, but, you know, Alex Cox has made, the, the fact that this, I would argue that probably the fact that this is a popular movie for Nicaraguans is a, is a side benefit for yeah. Alex Cox and anybody who was involved in this movie. The goal was to talk to Americans about America. Right. The, and, and unfortunately you're going to run into that no matter what, no matter what country or whatever, like because of the nature of the way America has behaved with regards to the rest of the world, you will almost, you don't have to go somewhere else to talk about these issues. Right. But you can go to almost any other country and talk about these issues by right. telling the story of that country and how America fucked it up. And certainly, um, certainly American imperialism has been uh, and continues to be uh, perpetrated on America's own people on American soil. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so. And you can and, and plenty of filmmakers do that also. But both part both of those stories are important. Right. Um, and and this one is. And again, you you know, it gets very complicated, right? Because at least this one did involve a lot of Nicaraguan people, whether right, they, they right. Were, despite the fact that they were not paid sufficiently, and Nicaraguan oversight, and uh, right, we're at, the Nicaraguan people were actively involved right. in the making of this film does help it to a certain extent, and I because I, it's not just it wasn't made in fucking Mexico, right? And I want to believe that it had a lasting impact on the Americans uh, and British involved with making the film, right? One would hope. One would would really, really hope. Yeah. They certainly at least felt bad at times during production, right? Yeah, I mean, there's the... The anecdotes around the the helicopter. helicopter, Yeah. Where they were all mad that the helicopter was a day late, and then it turned out that the helicopter was a day late because it was transporting injured people uh, from the front lines to hospital. And uh, and then everybody's like, so we were assholes about that. <laughs> so right, and everybody hopefully feels bad about it. Yeah, it really it, it it which brings you to another thing is you talked about that's like the most probably the most egregious thing about redirecting resources towards right right like there's an active war going on. There's an active yeah. war going on here, trying to defend this democracy against America. Right, and and. An American film crew is actively redirecting resources away from that. Right. Is a is a problem, right? But then again, it is a story that presumably the Nicaraguan people wanted to be told. Right. To an audience outside of Nicaragua, right? Because as they mentioned in the movie, nobody in America remembers who William Walker is. Right. Whereas in Nicaragua, school children. Everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. School cho- every school child knows that name and yeah. can give you and jumps at the opportunity to talk about it. Um, right. Which gives you a lot. I mean, that is probably one of the most important scenes in the documentary. Yeah, is 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 acknowledging that dichotomy like so strongly. Right. Literally, like everybody here knows this name. Yeah. That you don't even care about because he's just one of a bajillion 
American right. imperialists that have right. walked this earth. Right. Yeah. And like even the successful ones, no one knows the name yeah, of. Exactly. Of because there's just were. been so many. Yeah. There's just been so or they're they're regionalized, right? Like the, like right. we talked about Texas earlier. Yeah, right. the Texas people remember the Texas ones and the yeah, you know, and the you know whatever other state ones remember right. the state that state one. The Hawaiians, you know, the the people, the majority of people non-native Hawaiians living in Hawaii, uh, don't really talk about the dole, right stuff, right? <laughs> you know, right. But the so, native Hawaiians do. So oh, they know. absolutely still care. Because it's still stuff they're dealing with, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that like it, the the movie does try to get into that. It probably is not as successful as it needs to be. Is the fact that even if you weren't there, what you did has such long term repercussions that it does. The documentary gets into this. The movie doesn't really. That like, oh, even if you left, even when you leave, yeah. you don't leave. You know, I, uh, on a whim, when I learned that I may be related to Martin Broombaugh, I searched his name on Twitter. And there are a yeah. lot of Puerto, Rican, Puerto Ricans in Spanish right. language tweets talking about the ramifications. The, and the, the person who, tr- yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Well, and, and, you know, Native, you know, Native American groups still remember the names of the various right. groups right. that attempted to create those, uh, there's an Americanization schools and all that. And like, but again, for, for your average, well, and there's, you know, there's the fact that like, and we can see that playing out in the last three months of statues being torn down, uh, Mm -hmm. by, uh, aim, the American Indian movement, um, or representatives thereof. And, uh, and you know, (laughs) even white liberals saying, well, why would they be mad at, uh, he's a Catholic saint. Why? Why would you tear down? Right, that exactly. Statue? And and, and like, that's, well, he's a and, Catholic you know, saint because he <laughs> brought Christianity, quote unquote, right. to uh, to exactly. Uh, well, brought Christianity. And, and, and I, I gave the excuse but. that, and I gave the excuse that, like, well, there's we have a million of them. We can't remember right, all their names, right. but also we're not. You know, like our system does not place them in a position of importance at all. Right, like. <laughs> We're not taught those names because the because the what they did was of, so blasé, as far as America right. goes, right? Right, yeah, it's it's because just a it's, thing we do, and like, and the reality of the matter is, is that America does not consider what they did wrong, even right. in modern context. Like right. America, the the morality of America does not consider the oppression of other pe- uh, peoples who are not American or who are different from mainstream American as a bad thing. And still does not, yeah. as a society, regard it that way. Yeah. Right? You know, Until you, the m- fundamental morality of America as a whole changes, that will not never be seen as that bad of a thing. Right. You know, you, you talked about, you know, if, if we made a movie about George Washington earlier, right? Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of bad takes we could take. Uh, bad. There are a lot of ways we could show George Washington to be a negative person. But do you think an American film industry would ever make a movie called uh, Kanatakarius, Town Destroyer, which was a nickname George George Washington held uh, from the Iroquois Nation from 17? No, no, I don't. I don't think they would. They should. Yeah. Uh, Alternatively, could be translated as devourer of villages. Um, Right. I mean, the reality of the matter is, is go ahead. Sorry. Part of because part of his 
pre-America colonization campaign was to literally salt the earth of right. Iroquois towns, Algonquin towns, uh, throughout uh, you know the Potomac River area and into the Northeast U.S. Yeah. And and I would argue that honestly, until Amer like it is a sort of bellwether, like. When America starts making those movies in earnest, not as jokes or satires, but starts making those movies in earnest, something probably has changed with the sort of yeah. fundamental morality of America. When when you start to see movies being legitimately made, not and not just independent, but independent films are, are a good indication, right, that things are yeah. shifting, right? But it's the very front. It's that, that's the bleeding edge of it, right? Right. But and the fact, when the you fact start that this movie had like, universal money is something, right? Too, right? It, it is something, and it's not, it's not a lot of somethings, but it is something. But keep in mind, I do think it is telling that this is not a straightforward, yeah, uh, do, like historical drama, right? It it is it is as blunt and harsh as it can be, but it is still kind of a comedy, right? And and I think that is important in understanding how far things can go in yeah. nineteen eighty seven and how things far things can go now. When, again, when you see a a frank d- d- historical drama that has no satire or comedy to it whatsoever about George Washington, town destroyer, yeah, so things will have really actually probably changed, right. Even as late as even if that movie is alarmingly unsuccessful in seventeen seventy nine, we burned down forty Iroquois villages. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. I mean, and and that's just one of a bajillion examples, right? right. Like, but and until and uh, you know, there's a million things that would help make you know that would show us that things are changing. And things, that being said, things are very, very, very slowly changing. Yeah. If nothing else, when you look at, but you know, you get into, uh, I, I'm, and even then with these minor changes, we have this temptation to pat ourselves on the back, right? To, like, <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, there's that. I saw that Chris Rock quote earlier this week about talking about how it's not like we're, you know, the, you know, talking about how you know, black people are not making progress in this situation by suddenly one, you know, somebody becoming president or something like that. It's, it's the, it is, it is white Americans who are quote unquote making progress by very so slightly acknowledging the humanity (laughs) of people who are not middle-class white Americans or something to that effect. Right. Right. I I forget the exact, the exact quote is, is amazing. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's, it's quite good. About who exactly is air quotes making progress? Right, right. So yeah, uh, we uh, and you know what? Incremental progress, not really that great anyway. No, it's uh, not. No, I mean, and and that, and I don't it's like better to, than nothing. I, don't, I suppose, but exactly, and 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 that's my. It all it does is provide just a modicum of hope, just yeah. the tiniest bit of hope. When you know, if you're looking for something, something to hold on to, it is the tiniest bit of hope. Right, right. And tiny hope is good. Find, find whatever gives you hope. Find whatever gives you the uh, the inspiration to 
make the world a more just place and hold on to that and work within right. that. Uh, do that. Well, I think we could probably pull this to a close at this point. Yeah, I mean, w- I, unless we want to start digging into more like, I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of details in the film that are amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a thousand set pieces in this film that are really just interesting to watch, right. especially when the character, when the, when apparent one of the things I find is interesting, and you talked about it with Peter Boyle, but it's true of other characters, is when things get where characters seem to be expressing their inner selves outwardly uh-huh. is very like whenever one of them explodes just absolutely incredibly wildly is is an interesting thing that happens in this film because it's probably not true to reality, but it is. It right. is. It is, is a broader to, truth, right? It is true right. to who and, they and are. Is, it, yeah, and it and it's fascinating to see that the actors who engaged with that, Ed Harris being a an example of that, right? Where, where he gets, just gets wildly unhinged at times, which probably is an accurate representation of Walker, on right. a, on a deep level. Right. If it, even if it was probably not accurate to how he actually fundamentally behaved as, a, in real life, we don't know. But I mean. Air quotes, gentlemen, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I really loved this movie, and I'm so glad to have watched I, I, it. I liked it. I liked it a lot, too. I, 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 I unfortunately, does not seem to be a Blu-ray of it anywhere, which is a no. little bit disappointing to me. No. I would like to see a slightly higher quality cut of it. Yeah. Personally. but The Criterion DVD is even not a great you know, transfer, period. Right. Yeah, you know, n- nothing super wrong with it, but... Right, yeah. it's just yeah. I mean, the one I watched was I mean, and you know, there's probably a certain aesthetic choice there. It's a, it's pretty grainy, and and I'm sure that's an aesthetic choice anyway. You wouldn't want them to right. take that away, but I would just like a little bit higher quality. That's all. So, anyway, just to be criterion, able to see it more update clearly. this one for us, please. Yeah, please get us get us the the Blu-ray. Get us. The we originals. have that power. We can Do make it. that happen. I'm making a call for it. <laughs> uh, this week we've been talking about Alex Cox's 1987 Walker a semi-biographical film uh, about William Walker and also an indictment of American imperialism throughout its history, Uh, particularly in regards to Nicaragua, but remember, not just in regards to Nicaragua. Right. Definitely not just in regards to Nicaragua. Next week, we were talking about another dark comedy, uh, 1962 from Albert Latuada, Mafioso. Uh, Look forward to that. And uh, yeah. Thank you once again for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Otari Dorgan. And we'll see you next time.
You've been listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of with2brains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lostincriterion. We'd appreciate it.